Welcome to the E Street Cafe podcast, the cool, friendly place for great music chat. Hi, everybody. This is Jeff, and welcome to the E Street Cafe podcast. I've lost count of how many episodes we've done now, Dan, but uh, I think we're in the 20s. I think this is like episode 21. I know we're into season two, but uh, we're cracking on with them, aren't we? Certainly are, Jeff. Yeah, it's just, um, you know, all, all good fun. It's great to be back again. And, uh, uh, looking forward to chatting with uh, two guests today for a change. Well, I think it might be three, actually, if you look at those little <laughs> ears sticking up. <laughs> this has been the most populated podcast we've ever had, and I think it could be good fun, actually. So um, we've, I tell you what, we've had um, a really busy day in the cafe today because I don't know why, but everybody seems to have fallen in, tumbled in. Rosalita's looked quite panicked at times. Sloppy Sue, again, has been her usual self. And they're now talking about recruiting additional staff. So uh, watch this space for additional people or personnel coming into the cafe. Um, it's going to be exciting. Um, so I better um, introduce today's guest, I think, Dan, don't you think? Go for it, Jeff. Okay, so 27th of July 2015, Jake Clemens played the penultimate of a short series of European house concerts in Galway in Ireland. Uh, for Dan and I and some of our friends, it was our first house concert that we attended and also the first time that we got to, to meet and get up close and personal with Jake. And today we're delighted to welcome the host of that very special gig. That's Deirdre Houston and her daughter, Saoirse. Ladies, hi. Hi. Hi, welcome to the cafe. Thank you very much. Yeah. How's things in the west coast of Ireland? You, now, you're not in, let, let's um, put a caveat on it. You're not in Galway now. You're in Sligo, no, aren't you? We are in Sligo now, just a few miles up the road. So we're more northwest than west mm. at this stage. Why the move then? Why? Why? I presume you'd outlived your existence in Galway and your name was getting around, so you had to move north. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently there was some <laughs> night where, like, some guy was playing a saxophone really late and the neighbours just went, do you know what? I can't that. So you know, it was time to move on. <laughs> yeah. Noise abatement got a hold of you yeah, today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. So, listen, without further ado, let's um, take your orders. Rosalita's here with a, a pencil and a pad. And uh, I think once she's, uh, you're going to be the last customers of the day, actually. So have you given thought to what you'd like to order from Rosie? After you, Saoirse. I'm going to take it easy since she seems to have had a hard day. So I'm just going to ask for an orangina with ice, please. Okay. Anything to eat with that, Saoirse? Um, if there's a coffee slice going, I quite like one of those. She'll have a route round the fridge and see what there is. Yeah, we'll make sure she doesn't scrape any green stuff off it. <laughs> <laughs> Deirdre, what about you? What would you like? Oh, well, I'm not going to take it easy. I'd like a pint of Guinness in one hand, please, and I'll have a 99 in the other. Wow. Yay. Hold you, Dan. She's rock and roll, this girl. <laughs> Fantastic. I'd like to see you eat both at the same time. I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> They both got creamy tops anyway. <laughs> don't stick your flake in the Guinness. That don't think is recommended. <laughs> oh no, it's great to have you on. I, I'm I certainly have not seen you guys for, a, for I don't know three or four years. It feels certainly before lockdown, before I came to your house, Deirdre, and uh, we spent yeah. some time with you. So mm. that's been a while. Um, just tell us a little bit about the background of the concert because obviously t- we're talking 2015. And Jake did a short series of uh, summer gigs, didn't he, in houses. Hmm. Just tell us a little bit on how it all came about. Um, He posted on social media that these were going to be happening. Now, he had done them in Europe, I think maybe a year or two before that, if memory serves me, but they hadn't come to the UK or Ireland first time round. So second time there was an opportunity and you basically sent an email kind of, outlining why you would like to have the gig you know where you were based what kind of facilities you had available etc etc so yes pretty much what I did said where we lived you know and kind of the network of friends that we had and we had Salah staying with us that summer as well I know you know Salah and some of your listeners will as well so we kind of mentioned as well that you know we had Salah with us and that lots of Bruce fans would be around and would be coming and um I may have overemphasized slightly the size of my sitting room and how many people it could 
facilitation mm, mm. might have blurred the edges a little on that one <laughs> it was um, a little bit cozier than he thought perhaps uh, yes yeah that yeah. we all thought i think really yeah. and uh just sent the email off and i think probably got an acknowledgement that it had been sent and then didn't really hear anything and i thought well look you know what are the chances of this because so many people are going to want this to happen and then got an email <clears throat> just basically saying it said something along the lines of, would you have availability on any of these dates? Mm -hmm. This is not an offer of a gig. They were quite clear on that. This was not an offer. So I do remember getting that at about seven o'clock in the morning and immediately getting <laughs> hysterical with excitement and charging into Saoirse's bedroom. She did. And she was sound asleep. And I just couldn't bear to wake her. So I stood over her, you know, a bit like a dog does, like Bella does when they're begging or when they want something. Seeding time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Willing her to wake up. And I think basically my eyes like x-rayed a hole in her because she kind of sat up. <laughs> it was surreal. It was the most unhinged experience. <laughs> Was it like a scene from a horror movie, Saoirse? It was a bit, because just, yeah. like, there was no, like, it's not like, it wasn't like a kid the night before Christmas, or it was mum's birthday that yeah. morning. There had been no indication when I went to sleep that night that this okay. is how I was going to wake up, you know? insane and i also didn't have any words so i was just standing there so, so let's let's just let's get this right so deirdre was getting very hysterical over a potential gig in a room that was actually smaller than what she said it was so yeah, okay yeah yeah, yeah. So we, we're starting to see how this might not happen but obviously <laughs> it, it did happen <laughs> so what happened next so obviously it was a, a series of emails i presume yeah, it was back and forth. So, like, I confirmed that a particular day it would work, and um, then they came back to me again. And it was, it was all quite formal. Like, there was a contract mm -hmm. that I had to sign and send back various bits and pieces in that, showing what we had to take responsibility for, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Then there was the process of how the ticket sales would work. And again, as you would know, because you were <clears throat> the lucky recipients, I think there was almost like a pre-sale because I was able to let X amount of tickets go first. But that was only a very small number of tickets. And then they went out for a general sale. And I would get the list then of the names of people who had bought tickets so that when people arrived, I had to check off the list to confirm that they actually were ticket holders. So there was a lot of formality involved in it as well. Yeah. But, was it done via his booking agents, I presume? I think so, yeah, from what I can remember. Yeah, yeah. 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 So the, the next question I've got is, um, I don't know if Jake turned up expecting to see like a mosh pit at the front and then another 150 people behind. Yeah. But um, my memory, go on, you tell me, how many people were there? I believe it was 37 in total. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they were pretty crammed in, weren't they? Because I oh, know we were, stood at, we were stood at the back. Yes, and even with that, that was a slightly lesser number. I think it had originally been 40, 40. Yeah. because there was a minimum requirement. So uh. I think I went with the minimum, but then after like stressing about the size of the room and <clears throat> again, driving Saoirse absolutely bonkers because I was, <laughs> if I put the chairs this way, if I put them that way. Those chairs, honestly, if I ever see or hear about a folding <laughs> chair again, I would have a breakdown. <laughs> the chairs every day for so many days <laughs> it was a lot so <clears throat> i eventually emailed back and said look can we reduce it by approximately three people yeah and of course then because of the time difference because it was coming from america i didn't get an immediate response so then i went through multiple breakdowns of now it's not going to happen i've ruined everything my life is over oh dear god <laughs> what have i done and where are the chairs <laughs> so <laughs> For the gig that may not happen. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a psychopath. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was fine. They came back and they said, yeah, that was fine. No issue with that. And uh, yeah, so then we were good to go. But like, as you say, it was a small space and mm. that house was not built with any imagination. So it was a very square room. So, you know, there was no moving space no nothing we were just in a very small box and if i remember so, rightly it was a very hot day 
Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. So when you say the house wasn't built for purpose, or, or was, are you saying that it didn't have a backstage area and there was no runoff ramps and yeah, things like that? Yeah, no, yeah. Really, no, nothing, no mixing desk. I mean, really, yeah. I don't know what people were thinking when they yeah, bought the loading bay. No. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. And Sersha, so when, when the when the final confirmation come through, um, I presume that your mum was as excited. Um, yeah when she got the final email saying, yep, it's going to happen. Did you still get the same death stir? (laughs) No, I think at that point, I was desensitised because of the (laughs) aforementioned chairs. And at that point, you know, it was kind of like, this has to happen because the investment in these chairs has just been (laughs) so much. What are we going to do? If I remember rightly, yeah, there was the final confirmation. It was huge excitement. Obviously, Salah hugely excited as well mm. Mm. um because i mean you know such a huge fan as well so yeah really really giddy girls just three <laughs> three giddy silly little geese in the house very excited um <laughs> how it played out brilliant well my, yeah my first memory um uh sort of uh of the sort of the main event if you like was that Obviously, when when Jake arrived, Jeff actually managed to take a photo from upstairs. I seem, seem to recall, mm-hmm. um, but just, just the way he arrived, I think that that was kind of like the first surprise, certainly for me, because he he turned up on his own in a hire car, and you know, no roadie or manager. I was convinced he was going to have somebody with him, uh, you know, carrying his own guitar and and sax cases. And uh, remind me if I'm wrong, but then I think what happened was he basically just kind of like said hi to everyone and sort of the sea of faces. Um, and pretty much got ready to play right away. And I think he actually kept his coat on to write the set list. Is that how you remember it? Yeah, that was pretty much it. Yeah, I remember that. I went out to meet him, and then I heard a voice from upstairs <laughs> and looked up, and it was Jeff hanging out a bedroom window. And you're kind of like, well, make yourself oh, Jeff, go hang out the window. I think I was on Salah's bed, wasn't I? You were, yeah, you were, yeah. <laughs> So, yes, but yeah, as you say, it was, it was a very low-key, casual, just lovely, friendly kind of arrival with, you know, no drama, no nothing. And yeah, like that, he just took his time to write the set list. And there was that kind of, I remember there was that sense of awe in the room. You could you could feel all the people mm. going, is this actually real? Because it is a very special event and a very special moment. And I think there was two things that helped to break the ice. First was the cat coming into the house and going, why is there so many people in the house? <laughs> Screeching her way back out of the house. And then me making my way to my seat and kicking the saxophone and almost knocking it over and giving myself an absolute heart attack in the process. So then everybody kind of relaxed. They were like, okay, yeah, this is actually real life and we can all just chill out now. So, yeah. yeah. Dan, sorry, just to interject. One thing I remember about taking that photograph and hanging out is that the hire car he turned up in was a little Vauxhall red Corsa. So you kind of imagine him pulling up on a Range Rover or something like that, but no, a little compact Vauxhall Corsa. Tiny car for a big man with uh, all his gear. Yeah, Yeah, it was a little bit like a clown car pulling up because he got out and he's so tall and it was just the tiniest car he could have chosen yeah. I think yeah. yeah and remember the ice cream van started as he was pulling up as well so we heard remember we heard the, the, the tinkle of the ice cream van and then the car so like there was that whole kind of as you say big person getting out a teeny car and an ice cream van jingle going all at the same time it was yeah you couldn't have scripted it really. and Jeff hanging out the window and Jeff hanging out the window <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I didn't have my lens with me, so I kind of was trying to zoom in as much as I could by <laughs> hanging like out. Yeah, picture of you taking a picture of off. Oh, right. <laughs> Imagine if we'd all charged out and bought ice creams at that point. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been quite surreal. But um, you, you mentioned the the, the contract, and um, I will remember better than me. I think was he only contracted to play for like an hour or an hour and a half or something? Because I don't think. Um, I certainly didn't expect him to play anything more than that. And I really can't remember exactly how long it went on for in the end. Yeah, there was something in the contract 
I think that said something that, you know, the show would last approximately 60 minutes or whatever. And then there might have been wording along the lines of, however, there is no obligation on the artist to perform for this length of time or something kind of, you know, bit kind of technical speak speak like that. So it wasn't tied into, but you were getting kind of a ballpark as to, to how long it would be. So, yeah, but it was certainly much longer than an hour. It was lovely. We were really, really spoiled, I think. But I think, again, a lot of that came down to the wonderful atmosphere that was in the room. You're listening to the E Street Cafe podcast. Come on in, because we're open all night. Yeah, because obviously it wasn't just... um... Uh, just, just sort of, you know, straight sort of playing songs one after the other. There was all the chat and, mm. and lots of lots of laughter. I remember, yeah, yeah, between, yeah. very relaxed and just yeah. a fantastic atmosphere. So it might have been, you know, a couple of hours or something. Mm. I mean, mm. that was, yeah. Um, yeah. We kind of, I'm sure we all kind of lost lost track of time totally. um, for a while. And I remember also some totally unexpected choices. I mean, I knew, you know, Drake, Drake sort of you know, basic material. Um, to expect from a couple of previous shows, but I mean, covers like a change is going to come. That was yeah, um, yeah. going to come out of nowhere. And also, you remember he did a bit of the Proclaimers. I'm going to be 500 yes. miles. Yes, yes, I um, love that. Those yeah. were just wow. Yeah. You know, t- totally unexpected. Did you have any input? I mean, what was did were you in, sort of invited to make any requests or anything like that for, as far as the set list went? No, there was <clears throat> there was nothing like that. Everything prior to it was all as I say, quite formal. And right. you know, there was even things in the contact, contract as well, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, about, you know, using any kind of like, you know, patented imagery and stuff like that. Now I'd say, you know, obviously Jake's not going to be uptight about stuff like that, but when you're doing those kind of shows and when you come, when you're known from such a big stage, you have to make sure that you do everything correctly. So even in terms of the t-shirts that I got for us, I yeah. did go back to them again and ask permission to do those t-shirts oh, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Now, to me, that was kind of a bit of courtesy as well to ask that yeah. question, but you know, they did respond to me on that and stuff like that. So as I say, it was, it was very formal. Which... Do I remember Amazing Grace being played as well? Am I imagining that? I think you're imagining that. Am I? Did, did he play a solo? Just played a sax solo of something, but I thought he played There's Amazing Grace. There's something about that that rings a bell with me as well, but maybe Maybe I just feel like agreeing with you today, Jeff. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> or was it all Lang Syne or something? I, I just seem to remember all Lang Syne or Amazing Grace being played. Hmm. Or maybe That's not. ringing absolutely no bells with me. Yeah, but you'd had five pints of Guinness by then anyway, hadn't you? So. <laughs> and, and, at least, and at least 20 99s, and I was deliriously happy. So, you know. Um, talking of which, talk about timing. Here's Rosie now with the drinks. Orangina and ice. Thank you. There you go. And so what was your food order? A coffee slice with no green bits on it. She's shaking her head. <laughs> Sorry, there's none left. Fine, the, fridge, okay. the fridge was empty. I told you it was the end of the day. Fair enough. But look, she has brought a Guinness with a flake in. <gasps> Excellent. <laughs> I got the chocolate elements. Yeah, yeah. We'll leave it to you. We'll leave it to you. I think one of my favourite memories of the night was um, it came at the end, actually. So I'm probably fast forwarding a little bit, but um, I think he got coerced into this uh, and I felt slightly uncomfortable a bit. But um, Drive All Night got played <laughs> and it was quite a comedy moment, really, wasn't it? And, and we actually have got a clip of it, haven't we, Dan, which we'll play in a sec. But um, let me just paint the scene. So I think it was Paul and Connor who really wanted to hear Drive All Night. Well, you tell us. What was your memory of that? Yeah, I b- believe it was <clears throat> both Paul and Connor who were quite keen to hear that. And, uh, yeah, to me, um, yeah, I, you know, I'll, I'll get, you know, crucified now by people because so many Bruce fans, I didn't particularly want to hear anything Bruce-related because... Yeah. For me, Jake wasn't there because of the Bruce connection. Yeah, yeah. I was massively into to Jake's m- music <clears throat> standalone. And as any of you that know me, you know that if Jake was playing in one room and Bruce was playing in the other room, you know which room I'm going to be in. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, you know, that they wanted to hear it and they were there for their night too and their enjoyment. And it was, as you say, it was kind of a bit 
awkward and kind of a bit surreal in a way because I think Jake was conscious of the fact as well that this was a small room and if he really blows the horn in the way that it needed to be done for that song he's going to just blast all of us out through the back wall of the sitting room so it was kind of a a tricky one but I think in the end it went off okay and people got memories from it that they certainly I'm sure are still relishing to this day so fair play to them. Yeah. Okay. So let me paint the scene. I'll elaborate a little bit more because effectively Jake was there with his saxophone and Paul had his guitar with him, didn't he? This is Paul from all night. So Paul brought his guitar. He'd obviously learned the chords for Drive All Night, which is quite simple, I think, but he he got it off to a T. And they stood up and Paul did the intro, you know, and started playing in. And then Jake came in with the horn. And then Paul just looked at Jake and said, are you going to sing? (laughs) <laughs> and Jake said, I can't sing, man. I'm playing the sax. <laughs> so what happened then is we had an impromptu 37-person choir, didn't we? Singing <laughs> drive all night. And, um, and I also remember Connor, um, he wanted to hear it as well. So Jake invited Connor up the front. So there was Paul, Jake and Connor effectively singing and playing. But to get to the front, I think he made a bit of a mess, Kenny. I think he knocked over one of your prize vases um, as well. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't have been too prized because I don't remember that bit. <laughs> oh, well, he, I think he hid it actually from him. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you what, let, let's just have a listen now, shall we, to that clip. And, and thanks to Dan, he did actually uh, record that and we've put on to MP3. So let's have a little listen to, to how Drive All Night sounded in Galway with a 37 person choir.
Um, so let's just think about after the gig, because the gig, I think, went on for about two and a quarter hours or something like that. Mm-hmm. It certainly went on a while, and it was mm-hmm. absolutely amazing. And there was a lot of storytelling going on, a lot of intros to songs. It wasn't just play, play, play. It felt like we were having a musical conversation with Jake and those people that are at the back of the room literally were almost touching his sacks anyway. It was about 12 by 12, wasn't it? The, the yeah, room. pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But very intimate, very yes. cosy. And it yeah. was an absolutely amazing uh, experience. But what I do remember is I think he finished about quarter to 11, 11 o'clock from memory. And the group of 37 was kind of split into two groups of people, wasn't it? We had the um, the VIP, the VIPs the people who could stay beyond midnight <laughs> and the people we try to shuffle out the door by midnight. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. And, yeah. And everybody, everybody wanted their uh, ounce of flesh with Jake, didn't they? Everybody wanted to sell. Oh, absolutely. With everybody <clears throat> wanted their moments and their autographs and their photos. And, you know, fair play to him. It's one of the wonderful things about him. He is so generous with his time and mm. not just at living room gigs, but as you would both know, when he's doing his own shows with Jake Clemens bands in UK, Ireland, whatever, he is always, no matter how long a show he does, he always gives so much time to people after the show, which I just think is a wonderful thing to always have that generosity of spirit. So he would have been the same at the living room gig. And as we say, so many people wanted those few moments and, I remember us, we were kind of trying to get that system going where they'd had their moments that we just shoved them out the front door for fear that they'd kind of loop back around and get the next moment. So there was a lot of that kind of trying to get people out the door and out the door. And then, of course, we had to um, rebuild the sitting room a little mm-hmm. in a way as well, because in order for us to yes. come sit afterwards, the chairs had to be folded up and put out of the way and skip somewhere never to be set fire. (laughs) Don't mention the chairs. Do do I I remember Jake lifting a sofa through as well? Yes, that was very funny because myself and Sarah Shansala had emptied the room earlier on in the day and my sofas were quite big and awkward to get out of that room. We're still sitting yes. on those sofas today, by these the way. Are the these are the sofas. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so the three of us, and like myself, Serge and Salah, we're, we're quite small. We're all quite small and slight. But, you know, we managed to get the sofas out of the sitting room and into the kitchen. And later on that night, I kind of thought, well, I'm a bit wrecked now. I've been doing a lot, but there's all these men in the house. <laughs> I'm talking about Ye Pear and a few others. So I suggested to you that perhaps you would put the sofas back. Well, oh, my days. I never saw such a useless attempt. I'm sorry, Jeff and Dan, but truly, (laughs) you were utterly hopeless (laughs) to the extent that Jake had meandered into the kitchen, looked at the two of you and just wordlessly took a sofa off you. And handedly put it in the sitting room. And the two of you were just like, oh, yeah, okay. They were shell-shocked. They had a big night. Well, we can't be we can't be good at everything, can we, Dan? <laughs> we, we can't multitask either. No, 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 no. I, I think I had an ice cream in one hand, so I couldn't really carry uh, it. Yeah, anyway, I do kind of Guinness in the other. But <laughs> 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 I, I think what was really nice when we got past the witching hour, and it was like midnight, and literally there was twelve of us left. I think ten of us, 10, 12 of us. Ten, twelve, yeah. Yeah, we've we've got that famous photo, haven't we, yes, with, with the yes, with the yeah. group and. Um, what was really nice is that, you know, had he done his usual sign an autograph, take a photo, he would have said, all right, okay, I'm tired, and thank you very much, I'm off, thanks mm. very much. But he said, let's hang out. Yeah. Mm. So uh, that was really nice. You know, this is when we got all the chairs organised. And Saoirse, you brought a cake through, didn't you? I don't, did I? Oh, I think I did bring you it You did through. bring in the cake. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, claiming no credit for that at all. Mum organised that did all that I literally just carried it so I got the glory on the day but I didn't actually do anything helpful Um, but yeah that was really fun and that made it into the infamous picture as well um yeah we just we had cake and snacks snacks yeah Um, I remember remember Sal making a big event of trying to cut the cake but but just for our listeners it was a white cake with a black Jake logo on the icing on top, wasn't it? Yeah, it was basically uh, I, 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 one like his T-shirts and that are done, the white yeah. with the black 
yeah. I think yes. what I think what we'll do, Dan, as well, when we when we kind of put this out on the Facebook page, we'll we'll put that group photo where we've all got the t-shirts yeah. on, so everybody can see oh, what yes. we're talking we'll, about. We'll have to, to give the full yeah. of it. And, and, and thanks to our friend John for the photo. It was John. That's right. Yes, that's right. Bless him. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that was very memorable, and I know that um, from that band of twelve people, me and Jim Page were the first to leave. I think about quarter past four. Uh, and, and Janice had to leave as well, didn't she? Janice had left earlier with Connor because they were getting a bus back to the airport for a flight back to Edinburgh. So I think they actually went first because they had to get a bus. Because, Jeff, you and Jim were staying in Galway, weren't you? We stayed overnight, but we had a, a morning flight, so we wanted to try and yeah. get at least two hours sleep. If we could. <laughs> <laughs> but, you must um, have left after then because I distinctly remember that Janice and Connor did have to go and get a bus. They were booked right. on an airport bus to get back, so it must have been... You two afterwards, and then yeah, I, I think I we were we were caught past four. So by this time, from those main people leaving at midnight, we'd had four hours sat with Jake, mm. mm-hmm. um, talking about all kinds. You know, mm-hmm. talking about his uncle, talking about Clarence, obviously, talking about his role in the band, talking about his solo work, just talking about random shit, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we, we were. And it, it just felt like, again, just having a friend in the living room, and he was so relaxed, you know, d- yeah. down to you guys creating that environment and, and down to us, I guess. We we just had that really nice, friendly 12-on-one conversation. And yeah. he was obviously very, very relaxed in our company, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, no, it was. It was a, <clears throat> a lovely night, and as you say, lots of chatter, and then people leaving as they had to. I know everybody that left was quite reluctant to leave. Um, I, Towards the end, then, obviously, it was just, the three of us and Jake, because obviously me, Saoirse and Salah were in the house. Um, Saoirse, I think, eventually went to bed about an hour before she had to get up for work because she yeah. had to work the next morning. And Salah went to bed maybe about half an hour before I did. And uh, I just remember then it was funny because I'm not sure if Jake had left. I think Jake was just going out the front door and Saoirse came down the stairs <laughs> utterly startled and looking like a bit of a maniac because she'd got she'd fallen into the bed to get that hour's sleep she hadn't taken any makeup off so she came down looking like a panda because her mm-hmm. makeup had smudged and basically shrieked at us that she had to go to work <laughs> it was just this irrational shriek as if somehow this was all our fault which is well, I mean, I think it was a bit of a shock I think I had to be up for work at seven so i went to bed at about 6 a.m mm. or thereabouts and then got up at probably not seven because i wouldn't do well on one hour of sleep so clearly and yeah kind of stumbled down the stairs going into work as a beauty advisor with last night's makeup a disgrace <laughs> all over me barely in a uniform and the pair had were still there chatting away yakking and i was like okay both of you move. <laughs> Neither of you have to go and deal with customers yeah. for nine hours today. So out of the way, lovely to meet you. I can't deal with this today. <laughs> Goodbye. What, t- what time did he actually leave then? Oh, I think it was about eight or something. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was either yeah. sort of about seven or eight. And it, it was certainly getting light. That was the weird thing that we'd yeah. been just chatting, as, as we were saying. Yeah. And suddenly I remember looking out the window thinking, my goodness. It's, it's morning, you know. <laughs> Dawn is breaking, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think Saoirse probably muttered a lot of utterances all day at work. I had the good sense not to go to work. I had taken the day off. Um, Salah had plans the next day as well. So it was quite odd because then the next day, you know, the house was empty of people. The chairs were still there. The chairs still needed to be dealt with. And oh, I had chair. this... Before I got home from work, thank you very much. I just had a house full of chairs and no people and kind of wandering around going, okay, this isn't weird at all. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear, it was funny. The E Street Cafe podcast. Friendly chats, great stories, interesting guests. Hit the follow button and remember, this is not a dark ride. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm my sort of kind of, obviously, sort of fairly vague memory of all that is that uh, um, one thing I remember most clearly is just a quick word with Jake before he left and because um, uh, I think it was that was only maybe around that point that, that I realized that he had to drive to Dublin for one more 
uh, final house concert, and it was the next night. So he basically had to head straight off, pretty much. And I remember saying to him, how are you going to do this? Because, you know, thinking, you know, he must be exhausted. And he looked at me, and he just, I remember he put his hands on his knees from where he was sitting, and just said, like this. And he pushed himself up, um, and then said, right, okay, yeah, time, time to go. Basically, yeah, that, that was, that's pretty much my memory of, uh, of of saying goodbye and whatever time that was. Yeah, and um, as you say, yeah, uh, I think I was with Paul and uh, at least one or two others uh, who had booked um, rooms in a hotel nearby, mm-hmm. which of course we didn't use all night for <laughs> for, yeah, yeah. for obvious yeah. reasons. <laughs> but then, yeah, when it was. I think uh, at, the, at, the, at, the, at that point we thought, well, we've got to try and get some rest at least. Although I don't think any of us got any sleep because it was one of those moments where you think, did that just happen? You know, we couldn't really get our heads around it. So I, I certainly was, uh, wasn't was in, in any sort of state to sleep. I don't know whether we, I, I suppose at that point we just sort of headed off. Uh, again, it's all a bit of a blur at that point. Yeah, pretty much. A good blur, but a blur. A good, a good blur. <laughs> no, no wonder, yeah. <laughs> And so that was that was you know obviously as far as I remember the the very first house concert you put on, mm-hmm. but, but it wasn't the last, was it? Because the, I mean later you hosted other folks like Mark Geary. Yeah, that's right. I had Mark. Which I, I I came back over for that. Yes, I think that was maybe right. the next one. Yes. I can't remember. Can't remember if you did any others. No, I just did those two because it was then it was shortly after Mark's one that I actually left Galway, and whilst the house that I'm in now would be better suited to. Um, house concerts. I'm not as centrally located as I used to be. I would like to have one here, but it would just be a matter of deciding when and coercing ye lot to come over because most <laughs> of my uh, music friends live abroad. But yeah, I certainly would like to have one again. And Mark's one was lovely as well. And it was lovely to have ye there. And I know that kind of extended his music out to a few of ye as well, because Jeff, you hosted Mark after that. And it's funny, the difference too, and the way the two happened with Jake, there was that application process and the contracts and this, that and the (laughs) other. And with Mark, I knew Mark at that stage from meeting him at another gig. And funnily enough, there was kind of a a Jake connection to that as well, because on one of Jake's tours, he had been supported by a wonderful musician, Nicole Maguire. And Nicole was then doing her own show in Galway. So I went to see her and Mark was playing a part in Nicole's show. So I ended up chatting to Mark after that show, getting friendly with him. And we kind of kept in touch through social media. And he had posted on Twitter or Instagram or whatever that he was doing a gig, I don't know, maybe in Dublin or somewhere or another. And I left a comment going, well, it's that long since you played Galway, you may as well come and play in my sitting room, being, you know, real kind of like snotty, why aren't you playing in Galway anymore? And That's Mark, not like you to be that direct, did you? And now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Mark came back and said, well, why not? And I went, well, okay then. <laughs> so that's how that one came about. <laughs> and I think pe- people listening to this who've been to a house concert um, probably have enjoyed it. I, I was actually one at the weekend. Um, my sister had a party outside and, and we had a guy called Robert Vincent play and it was absolutely amazing. But I think what people don't realise is the amount of organisation and stress that goes behind it. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about when you're having it indoors like you did in, in a, a small room like you did, if you get 15, 20 people that you don't really know, you haven't vetted them, and all of a sudden you're going, hold on, my vase has gone, or that book's not not in the right place. And, you know, what? you get a little bit paranoid, don't you? And I, I've hosted, you know, when we hosted Mark back in 2017, I think it was, mm-hmm. um, Julie, my wife, said to me, said, yeah, I'm happy to do it, but only people we know. You know, I don't want random strangers coming into the house. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not that we're untrustworthy people, but sometimes you just want to have less stress. So oh, Absolutely, yeah. And it can yeah. be challenging because even now with the Jake one, I'm not the most sociable person. I like kind of small groups of people, mm. but I don't, I'm not comfortable in large groups of people and I'm not comfortable being unexpectedly introduced to people I don't know and stuff like that. So to, to have 37 people in my home was quite a challenge. I'm also, I'm not at all hospitable, despite what you may think. I know you think I'm lovely, but I mean, you know, say I don't have a doorbell on, on my No, we, ne- we never said you were lovely. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 
there's no doorbell at my front door because my my rationale is well why would anybody be ringing the doorbell because you're only coming here if i've invited you so there'd be no need to ring the doorbell. <laughs> <laughs> wow, i never thought lovely, of that wow. lovely warm open kind of person you know and then suddenly it happened 37 people in my house and i would say i knew maybe 15 of those 37 people yeah, you're and totally out of, of your comfort zone. Yeah, and of the 15 that I knew, maybe three of them had been in my house before. Okay. Well, so, yeah. oh, I feel, feel honoured now. Yeah. I feel honoured we were allowed you, to cross you the threshold. You slipped in, Jeff. You slipped in. I mean, you know. You know. <laughs> well, actually, no, I climbed in through the bedroom oh, window. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the salad's bedroom. <laughs> so there's a big question. So would you, would you do it again? Would you? Yes. You would? Okay, obviously the right artist, right crowd, and all yeah, that. Yeah, I'd love yeah. to do it again. It's just as I say, because of where I live now, it's not as easy for people to get to where I live. Like Galway was <laughs> handy, you yeah. know, there was a bus direct from Dublin Airport and stuff like that. Sligo doesn't have quite the same network, so people would need to either hire cars or do stuff like that. If I thought I could get people again, I would definitely do a show again. I would love in my ideal world, but I, I think he's gone beyond that now. He's too big, but. David Keenan, who you both oh, know because I have yeah. repeatedly told you that he's amazing and that you should listen to him, and I know that you both have. But I've, I, seen, him in con- I've seen him in concert. There you go. You see, excellent. So yeah. David Keenan, with, with you, with you actually. Where were we? Remind we were at Vic, Vicar Street with Glenn Hansard, and he came on. Yes, and he supported, and that was the first time that I saw him, and I yeah. loved him from then, mm-hmm. and I've seen him a lot since, and I just think because he's another one, I think that always wants to make that connection and makes that you know a focus of every show he does is to make that connection you know it's never just some kind of trotted off thing without emotion or whatever he'll always do that so i think to have him do a living room show would be incredible but don't you think though that sometimes you know no matter how big the artist is that you know you probably would have thought in 2015 jake you know he's been playing with the e street band for three years was it and mm. therefore he's too big for it but no mm. i think sometimes the the genuine connection and you could see it in jake's eyes you know you know he's not paying lip service as so say he could have buggered off at midnight and said hello goodbye and yeah. all that kind of yeah. stuff and i know it's not about the money for them it's about the connection with the fans yeah. and ha- hanging out with the fans that really care about his music yeah. not who, who he's playing music with. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's the most yeah. important thing. And I think sometimes that, you know, this guy I went to see on Saturday at my sister's place, you know, he's been playing at Black Deer Festival a few weeks ago, mm. you know, in front of thousands of people. And yet there he was with 50 people in, in my sister's back garden. Yeah. And really. he, he didn't want any money for it. Yeah. He just said, look, just give a donation to charity and, and mm. that's it. Mm. You know, so mm. sometimes I don't think it it's about the size of the artist. It's about the the belief they have about is this the right thing for me do i want to connect with these people do i want to play the right kind of music is it the right vibe you know mm-hmm. is it the right mm-hmm. vibe sometimes as well so yeah. yeah well next time you have one do invite me and dan uh we're not in charge of the sofa this this time uh, in fact Sersha, why don't you do the sofa we'll do the chairs perfect that's such a fair trade and for that jeff i will let you in the front door you don't have to go in the bedroom window this time oh, fantastic <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. wait. (laughs) If David Keenan is listening to this at any stage and he wants to do a living room show in County Sligo, which is a county he knows, we're ready. Big, strong fan base there, I know. know. There's an invitation. Absolutely. And Saoirse, are you living with mum at the moment or have you got your own place? No, I have my own place about um, 10 kilometres from here. Hmm. So when mum left Galway... I went to Limerick, which is kind of the opposite direction for a few years. Um, And then, yeah, after about three years, myself and Stuart, my partner, moved back this way. So we bought a house about 10 kilometres away two years ago, nearly now. Um, So we're all settled. We've all put down our roots in County Sligo again. Cool. Fantastic. That's a lovely part of the world. But here's a big question. Who's got the biggest living room? You. No, you, I think. Yours is no, you, no, you. It's a weird wall. It's a weird wall. got a funny kind of angled wall in her sitting room. It's like they went, oops, we forgot to build a bit of this house, so we'll put a kind of a short angle across here. They shoehorned a downstairs toilet into my house, and because of that, now every other room is off to the side because they can <laughs> put it in the downstairs. 
That'll mess with all the acoustics, I think. Yeah, we're back at mum's house, I think. Well, my sitting room's bigger. My sitting room, the good thing, though, about my room is I put in double doors between my sitting room and my kitchen, and then there's a conservatory door out to the garden, so I can actually throw open all the doors and we can have a space that starts. Yeah, I remember. We stayed stayed at your place, and I remember that. It's a lovely place. That's right, yes, yes, a great space, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. good, good. Well, listen, this has been fantastic, and we can't let you go um, without you playing the E Street Shuffle. Now, the big decision you've got to think amongst the three of you, the two of you and the dog, I think we'll exclude the dog. What's the dog's name, by the way? Let's give him a shout-out. The dog's name is Bella, and she obviously she. Got, yeah, she got sick of listening to us because she's now gone over to the other sofa to have a sleep. Now, part of that may have been she was banished for the Jake show because we just kind of felt maybe her backing vocal skills weren't the best at the time, so it might be best if she wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. Clearly she's still resentful about that. I think probably better than our backing vocals that we had on the clip that we just heard. (laughs) (laughs) Say, Jeff. Actually, it probably would have harmonised quite well with the likes of Connor. (laughs) Okay, so how are you going to – do you want to do this together? Well, I'll alternate the questions, the E Street Shuffle. So uh, for, for those of you who don't know, be listening for the first time, I ask a random question. It's a quick answer. It's either yes, no, or this, that, and it's no elaboration or explanation often required unless we ask an elaborative question. Let's play the E Street Shuffle. So uh, let's just shuffle the cards. I didn't even give you a choice, though. You're doing it. <laughs> so, yeah, 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 yeah. so sound effect. Shuffle the cards. There we go. Um, first question for Deirdre. You're allowed two dinner guests to come round. You're cooking, of course. Um, who would those dinner guests be? Robert Smith and David Bowie. Oh, right. Okay, so keeping the musical theme. And you're a big fan of The Cure, aren't you? I know you are. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes, yes. yeah. So, wow. Okay, nice one. Good. Um Sersha is looking nervous. <laughs> I'm nervous. Yeah, yeah. So your question, if you could host a house concert, what would be your dream house concert? Who would it be? Oh, Blue Sky Thinking completely, uh, the 1975. Oh, my son's favourite band. Yes! I like <laughs> friend. She's Shout out to my son, Ash. <laughs> yes. Brilliant, brilliant. Unfortunately, they're, they're now playing big arenas, aren't they? Because they played the O2 last year, and I know that in London. So they're, they're, they're playing all the big arenas wow, now, aren't they? They're doing Madison Square Garden. Now, they've done yeah. it before, but they're doing it again this winter. They're doing Reading next weekend. They're doing Reading and uh, Leeds. I'll be over for that. Oh, are you? Right. Good. Yes, yeah. Good. I'll warn, I'll warn customs that you're coming across. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Deirdre, your turn. Oh, here's another new one, Dan. We've got some new ones this, this week, you know. Ooh. A randomizer. Um, right. Fish and chips or steak and chips? Oh, that's easy. Fish and chips. All right. Good, good, good. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. Um, oh, I think this one's okay to ask Saoirse. Rolling Stones or The Beatles? Mm-hmm. Rolling Stones. Yes. 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 Um, Deirdre, this is our favourite question we have, and because you've listened to all our podcasts, you'll know this one's coming. <laughs> if you could go into the gig time machine, right? So you know what Doctor Who is. You you know what the Tardis is. Tardis. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So you, you go into the gig time machine. There's a dial, and you can select a year and a gig from the past that you have been to or you haven't been to that you would like to go to. What would be that special gig? Oh, I could answer this for you. Could you? Mm. No. While she's thinking, come yeah. on, Saoirse, while, while, while she's thinking, what, would, what do you oh, think your mum's going to say? Oh, that would be you two in Slain. Oh, yeah. probably the most traumatic day of both our lives, I think. Worse than chairs. So much worse, worse than, than chairs. So you want we to go back to it? <laughs> right. Okay. Say that again, Dan, sorry. So you want to go back to it and have it again? I didn't get there, so I want to go back and be there. Oh, I see. A very, very short version of the story is I was in the queue back in the days when you queue for tickets, stressing, 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 and the record store was closed. They were only letting people in to buy tickets. And I moved up the street and I moved up the street and he opened the door and he said, the show is sold out. Uh, Oh, no. Yeah. Gosh. So you'd have to do that. I would. Yeah. You, you've yeah. been to Slane before, I guess. 
I have, and it would only be going back to that gig that would get me there because Slane is, as you know, a horrendous venue to get in and out of. And it does require some degree of skill and commitment and self-will and all those things. Well, 38 years ago, we were at Slane to see Bruce. And all I remember is when the gates opened, we absolutely legged it as quickly as we could. There's, I think there was a hill and yeah. uh, we just yeah. legged it to the front of the stage and then realised being at the front of the stage was not a good idea on that day. No. <laughs> so, no, no, no. <laughs> but yeah, I've never seen such a um, a mad crowd, shall we say. Yeah, yeah. First time, first time in crazy. Ireland. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Crazy, crazy. Yeah, the Rolling Stones there. Yeah. Uh, I've got one more. Um, Sersha, for you, what was the mm-hmm. first concert you went to? Westlife, Markovich Park, Sligo. Sligo. What year would that have been? 2000? 2001-ish. Yeah, 2001, I think. I was I was nine. I think I was nine. No, you weren't nine because we were still living in... No, where no. were we living? Maybe you were nine, know. so that would have been 2003 then. Right, Do you know? Still no, in the flat. Oh, so maybe seven or eight. 2001, 2002, Markovich Park in Sligo. We brought her to Westlife, me and her long-suffering godmother, my best friend, Lorna. But I have to give it to Lorna. When you ask Lorna to do things and to carry out her godmother duties, she goes full on in. So she she wore the sparkly hat too and she waved the the light-up wand thing about the place as well. You know, we did it all. Have you managed to take the Westlife posters off your bedroom wall now, Saoirse? Barely just. I got a Westlife Christmas bumper <laughs> last Christmas. She did. And I went to them last Christmas. Yeah. Westlife forever. Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. Not my music taste, but I realise that they have a huge following. <laughs> <You're but>. Wrong. <laughs> wouldn't be for me either. And to be fair, I was also quite lucky with friends in Galway when Saoirse was hugely into oh Westlife because I had a, a few friends, a few student friends, like male student friends, who were children. And they loved having this accessory so they could go to the circus or they could go to the silly movies or they could go to the sweet shop under the pretense that they were looking after Saoirse. Of course they weren't. She was just their accessory for them to do all the kiddie stuff. Yeah. But then part of that was then as well. But I would say to them, OK, you need to get her the new Westlife CD for her birthday because I'm not going into a record store to buy a Westlife CD. So no. they would then do all Unless that. you went in disguise, of course. But yeah. Mm, yeah, and I just yeah, sent yeah. them and said it was yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. Oh, this has been amazing to hook up again. And uh, and, and Bella obviously didn't want to engage with us. Uh, no. I did have a couple of questions for uh, Bella, but we'll, we'll just kind of chicken bones or biscuits or things like that. Yeah. <laughs> but Bella in the cafe is always welcome. We, we, have, uh, we have a cafe dog, uh, Pepe, who uh, is uh, often very over-friendly, shall we say with a lot of the, the guests that we have in. So he's been pulled up a few times and he's been sent out the room today. So he's not here because we knew we had another four-legged friend coming. Yes, so yes, just in case he got a little bit, uh, you know. Very wise. So, yeah. So just before we let you go, um, I just want to say thank you to all our listeners now. We, we uh, are just about to hit 10,000 listeners, Dan. Nice. So they started this and we've only been going literally eight months, I think it is now. Yeah, and by the time this goes out, we'll, we'll be hitting about 10,000 listeners. Um, just well. to let you know as well, um, we're going to close off season two pretty shortly. Um, but good news, back due to public demand, uh, Bobby Chermside has agreed to come back on. Uh, he was on episode five, season one, and he's probably been voted as, um, well, so far anyway, probably the most popular podcast we've had until today, of course, in this podcast. Um, so it goes without saying. Um, so Bobby, Bobby's going to come back on in the next few weeks. We're going to get it recorded and out probably as season two closer, I think, Dan. I think that's what we'll probably do. And we'll probably put our feet up for a little while, uh, twiddle our thumbs and go, yeah, let's go again with season three. So um, we'd just like to thank everybody for all their support. Um, we've got a load of messages as well that have come through very recently. So I think what me and Dan will do, we'll um, we'll record them and read them out and we'll put them onto one of the future podcasts. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So thanks very much for listening. Uh, Sersha, it's been great to see you again. Thanks Thank for making you. the trip down to Mums. Uh, Dee, it's been great to see you again. You Look after yourself. And uh, give Bella a belly rub from me, will you? I will, of course, yes, when she chooses yep. to wake up. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. Good. And Dan, 
pleasure as always. Thanks for all your help in preparing this podcast. And uh, for those of you out there seeing Bruce this summer back in the States, enjoy it. Keep on rocking and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to hit that follow button. This podcast was brought to you by Geezers in Glasses Productions.